breach. Then things got stranger. In late March 2016, FBI agents met with my campaign lawyer, Mark Elias, and other senior staffers at our Brooklyn headquarters to warn us that foreign hackers could be targeting our campaign with phishing emails that tried to trick people into clicking links or entering passwords that would open up access to our network. We were already aware of the threat because scores, if not hundreds, of these phishing emails were pouring in. Most were easy to spot, and we had no reason at the time to believe any were successful. Then in early June, Mark got a disturbing message from the Democratic National Committee. The DNC's computer network had been penetrated by hackers, thought to be working for the Russian government. According to the New York Times, the FBI had apparently discovered the breach months earlier in September 2015 and had informed a tech support contractor at the DNC, but never visited the office or did much to follow up. As a former head of the FBI Cyber Division told the Times later, that was a bewildering oversight. Quote, we are not talking about an office that is in the middle of the woods of Montana, unquote, he said. The offices were just a mile and a half apart. After the election, FBI Director Comey admitted, I might have walked over there myself, knowing what I know now. Word didn't reach the DNC leadership until April. They then brought in a respected cybersecurity firm called CrowdStrike to figure out what was going on, kick out the hackers, and protect the network from further penetration. The CrowdStrike experts determined that the hackers had likely come from Russia and that they had gained access to a large trove of emails and documents. All of this would become public when the Washington Post broke the story on June 14th. The news was unsettling, but not shocking. The Russian government had been attempting to hack sensitive American networks for years, as had other countries such as China, Iran, and North Korea. In 2014, Russians had breached the State Department's unclassified system and then moved on to the White House and the Pentagon. They also hacked think tanks, journalists, and politicians. The general view was that all of these hacks and attempted hacks were fairly run-of-the-mill intelligence gathering, albeit with 21st-century techniques. That turned out to be wrong. Something far more insidious was happening. On June 15th, one day after the DNC attack became public, a hacker named Guccifer 2.0, thought to be a front for Russian intelligence, claimed credit for the breach and posted a cache of stolen documents. He said he had given thousands more to WikiLeaks, the organization supposedly devoted to radical transparency. Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, promised to release, quote, emails related to Hillary Clinton, unquote, although it wasn't at all clear what that meant. The publication of stolen files from the DNC was a dramatic turn of events for several reasons. For starters, it showed that Russia was interested in doing more than collecting intelligence on the American political scene, 
it was actively trying to influence the election. Just as it had done a year earlier with the audio recording of Toria Newland, Russia was weaponizing stolen information. It did not occur to me at the time that anyone associated with Donald Trump might be coordinating with the Russians, but it seemed likely that Putin was trying to help his preferred candidate. After all, he disliked and feared me and had an ally in Trump. This was underscored when the Trump campaign removed language from the Republican Party platform calling for the United States to provide Ukraine with lethal defensive weapons, a gift to Putin that might as well have come with a ribbon and a bow. Careful analysis of the documents from Guccifer also revealed an alarming prospect. At least one of the files seemed like it could have come from our campaign, not the DNC. Further research suggested that the file might have been stolen from the personal Gmail account of John Podesta, my campaign chairman. We couldn't be sure, but we feared that more trouble was coming.